Have we been misled on Evergrande? Is the crisis actually much worse than we think it is? Is the mainstream media lying to us? Is Federal Reserve Chairperson Jerome Powell lying when he says we don't have to be worried about contagion or Christine Lagarde of the ECB, the European Central Bank, suggesting that, don't worry, any kind of contagion would be limited. <laughs> that may not have been the best accent, but reality is we've got to look at Evergrande. And that's what we're going to do in this video. I'm going to provide you background on why people make the comparison between Evergrande and Lehman Brothers. What, what was so important about Lehman Brothers? Then, I'm going to talk about this crisis that happened right before the Evergrande crisis, which you may not have heard of. But let's just say it was so bad it ended in an execution and it had to do with a bank bailout. <laughs> Similar situation. Anyway, then we'll talk about what's actually happening and we'll talk about what could happen. So, let's get right into it. Right after I mentioned that you should get life insurance in as little as five minutes if you have not yet by going to metkevin.com slash life. metkevin.com slash life and you could sign up for life insurance in as little as five minutes. You could Apple Pay or Android Pay for it. And folks, let's get into the content. metkevin.com slash life. Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy on September 15th, 2008. The collapse of Lehman Brothers led to the policy that certain firms might be too big to fail because of the contagion they cause in economies or markets, or both. And this is really bad because the last thing you want is one company failing because they were scumbags or did something wrong, potentially. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have people losing their homes to foreclosure uh, because now they got fired and all of a sudden uh, stocks are selling off. And when the stock market's falling off, people are starting to sell their houses to panic sell them. But then all of a sudden the values are falling so quickly that more people are panic selling houses. And all of a sudden you get yourself a massive recession. And so sometimes too big to fail is seen as the toothpick that's holding up a very fragile economy. And so folks are worried, what if Evergrande is too big to fail? Because what happened when Lehman Brothers was not too big to fail, that is they were allowed to fail, well, that was the greatest recession since the Great Depression, and that's the 2008 recession. But hey, you know, maybe Lehman Brothers deserved it. Take a listen to this. Lehman Brothers, per a Bloomberg report on September 11th, 2008, just four days before Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy, stated that Lehman Brothers failed to deliver 32.8 million shares in their company that were, again, sold but not delivered. That's a 57% increase in the fails to deliver to Lehman Brothers shares. And in case you don't know what that means, it has to do with naked short selling. Some folks dispute that Lehman Brothers was a victim of naked short selling or practiced naked short selling. Uh, and others say that, no, they were big naked short sellers. And so was Bear Stearns, another company that went bankrupt. Which, keep in mind, after this disclosure, Lehman Brothers, $600 billion under assets, ended up going bankrupt within four days. Bear Stearns, once worth as much as $160 a share, was sold to Chase on May 29th of 2008 for $10 a share. This came shortly after, about two months after, around $80, Jim Cramer infamously said, Bear Stearns is fine. Don't take your money out, <laughs> in an answer he gave to viewers. But anyway, 
After Lehman Brothers collapsed, the United States passed the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act of 2008, aka the bailout of 2008, and created the $700 billion Troubled Asset Relief Program, which bailed out companies like Wells Fargo, Citi, JP Morgan, Chase, uh, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, AIG, Goldman Sachs, and many more. And so the question here now is, could Evergrande be the same starting point of a massive recession like Lehman Brothers, or Will Evergrande be saved, like the other banks I, I mentioned, by something like a troubled asset relief program? Well, let's talk about just that. See, Evergrande is China's largest property developer and the largest holder of dollar-denominated bonds. Jerome Powell and Christine Lagarde again say, we do not need to be worried about contagion, but the Citigroup, our Citigroup here in America, a company Citigroup, today said that China's property market risks heading into a bear market thanks to the Evergrande disaster and defaulting on $300 billion of debt. They defaulted on two payments last Monday and are supposedly making payments on the uh, on about $83 billion of debts uh, last Thursday, or have supposedly made these payments last Thursday. But so far, we have no evidence from the recipients uh, or the sender, Evergrande, that these payments were actually made. Instead, all we hear now is stuff like this. Evergrande's car company has stopped paying suppliers and, in some cases, employees. Evergrande's EV car company has called off plans to list shares on the Shanghai Stock Exchange, now lo no longer selling those shares to raise capital. <laughs> which is potentially because they don't expect that they could actually raise any capital by listing on the Shanghai Stock Exchange. This is potentially due to the fact that shares of Evergrande's EV car company are already down 48% this year, and the property company is faring even worse, down 81.97% on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange this year. On top of that, you've got people starting to pull their money out fast. Get this, real estate property mogul Joseph Lau took off. His family has $45 million worth of Evergrande stock, and today sold all of it. Every last penny, they have $45 million worth of stock, dumped all of it. And it makes sense. Salespeople are being laid off at the companies, contractors aren't being paid, and homebuyers are losing the opportunity to actually close on properties that they wanted to move into because Evergrande can't get the projects done. The problem is, we're only getting bits and pieces of the puzzle, though. See, China is really known for censoring the press and making it hard for us to know exactly what's really going on. So when we start getting small samples like this, it's really important that we pay attention, especially when on one hand we're told, oh, don't worry, they're making their payments. And on the other hand, we're like, there's no evidence that they actually are. It's a big potential red flag. And it makes me question what we're being told by Christine Lagarde what we're being told by certain analysts and what we're, told, what we're being told by Jerome Powell. Now, I respect Lagarde and Powell, but I'm still going to do my due diligence because that's what I do. Now, you probably haven't heard about this one, and this is a great place to bridge how crazy things can actually get in China with situations like this. I bet you haven't heard about the Huarong bailouts from August. Well, if you haven't, <laughs> you don't want to listen to this one. Uh, and then we'll get back to Evergrande. So, Huarong was deemed the Lehman Brothers of China before Evergrande. The Ministry of Finance actually controlled this company as a bank, and this was really a bank that was known as the mop of bad loans. So when businesses or companies had bad loans in China, they would just transfer them over to this particular company, and the Ministry of Finance kind of just like made them go away. This company ended up getting bailed out 
by other state-backed enterprises because the Chinese Ministry of Finance did not want to deal with it anymore because its losses were so much worse than expected. And see, what happened here is a company like Huarong was allowed for years to borrow very, very heavily and expand their operations. But now Xi Jinping is starting to crack down on corporate excess in favor of common prosperity. And this kind of crackdown against corporations is making it a lot harder for businesses to continue to take on debt to service their essentially crappy businesses. And so the free market is stepping in to realize, mm, wait a minute, you're way over leveraged, time to go bankrupt. And that's essentially what happened to this bank. This bank was started in 1999 and the chairperson of the board, Lai Zaumann, was actually convicted of bribery, embezzlement, and bigamy when the company started failing, had his private assets seized, and apparently confessed on state TV that he stashed over 200 million yuan, the Chinese dollars essentially, in the cabinets of his flat, calling his flat the supermarket, so that way he could give over 100 mistresses property. And 24 days after he was sentenced, for bribery, embezzlement, and bigamy, he was killed, he was executed. Keep in mind though, that Chinese courts have an interesting way of getting people to say something on public TV, whether it's true or not, we don't know, probably never know, and Chinese courts also have a 99% conviction rate per Bloomberg, and it's super rare that a death sentence is ever overturned in China. Then, a few years later, we get to 2021, problems are getting worse and worse and worse, and in August of this year, this company received a huge bailout from the Chinese Communist Party to keep this mop-up bank afloat. Kind of interesting. So, what do we have now? Evergrande. And there's a lot of thought that Evergrande might receive some kind of similar bailout. But Xi Jinping is trying to crack down on speculation in the real estate and property market, leading a lot of folks to say that Evergrande might actually be a company that is not going to end up getting bailed out. And instead, what will happen is there might be some sort of guarantee of activity for the 1.4 million homes that have been built. But basically, investors, bye, you're all getting burned. A guarantee of activity, by the way, might mean like, hey, let's continue building homes in these areas in coordination with local governments to step in and help other develops, developers finish building those homes. So that way, at least contractors can still work, get paid, and people can still get their homes. Problem with this is it's really hard to get other developers to step in to actually take this risk without other developers basically getting handouts or bailouts to make this kind of transition happen. The reason for this is twofold. Number one, the CCP had originally made it very easy to borrow in China if you were developing real estate. They wanted more affordable housing, so they made it really easy to borrow money. Well, last August in 2020, Xi Jinping and the CCP decided, you know what, we're abruptly changing the rules. So companies that had borrowed a lot of money all of a sudden had new rules that basically eliminated further borrowing. They basically did this by requiring larger down payments or more cash on hand. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but they made some very dramatic rules that basically made it impossible for existing developers to borrow new money. This helped lead to the Evergrande crisis. So in fairness, it's not all Evergrande's fault. And I'm not trying to minimize what Evergrande screwed up on, but in some sense, they also got the rug pulled out from under them by the CCP. 
But anyway, these new restrictions on debt make it really difficult for not only Evergrande to borrow money, if not impossible, which is basically what it is now. It's impossible for them to borrow more money, essentially. But it also makes it harder for other companies who are trying to step in to finish potentially Evergrande's projects to borrow money because all of a sudden the rates and terms went through the roof because nobody really wants to develop uh, or nobody really wants to lend to property developers right now, which makes sense. Do you want to go to China right now and lend to a property developer with this $600 billion disaster of Evergrande going on? Probably not. And so this gives you that double whammy. New limits on debt and a debt crisis leading to less folks willing to lend. This is called a liquidity crisis. This is why the uh, Central Bank of China has for the first time since January injected illiquidity or the most amount of liquidity into the economy since January. It's because we need liquidity. <laughs> like the opportunity to borrow is evaporating fast in China. This is leading to an offloading of housing projects in China by Evergrande, slashing of home prices, and the halting of projects. In fact, in some places, land prices have already fallen 70% because people aren't expecting new developments to actually get done for quite a while. This is why Citibank says we are entering a bear market and potentially market crash for Chinese real estate. This, by the way, also has implications for cryptocurrencies, because even though it might be illegal to transact in cryptocurrencies in China, it is legal, at least from what I'm aware, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but at least from what I'm aware, it's, it's legal to hold, like invest in, like cash in cryptocurrency. And this is why we might see some softening in cryptocurrency pricing because of the disaster that's going on right now uh, with the Evergrande crisis. So I think crypto is really exposed to this crisis. But anyway, now the CCP, Central Bank, the Chinese Communist Party, their central bank, the People's Bank of China, they say that a 15% in rise of defaults of developer loans would only reduce bank cash by about 2.1%. That's according to The Economist. So they're kind of trying to minimize what's going on, which kind of makes sense that China would try to minimize what's going on. The problem is, what happens when we have banks like Minsheng, which is a bank with a bigger share of their loans exposed to Evergrande? This particular company, this bank, has a stock that trades on the OTC, ticker symbol CGMBF, is down 43.75% this year. The Economist believes that the CCP might be likely to bail out banks, but not Evergrande, just to minimize contagion. And that's because if Evergrande fails, then these banks might fail, and that's when you could get a run on the banks because people lose faith in the Chinese currency, people flee the Chinese currency, and then if you have China collapsing in, fi in financial means, you're gonna have some big reverberations coming through the United States economy, especially since we rely on China so much for trade, and if their economic system shuts down, we're gonna have problems. Now, remember, a lot of these latest changes by the CCP are to create the best environment for common prosperity, not corporate greed. Hence, in my opinion, the failure of Evergrande is probably not going to be seen as devastating to the CCP. Kind of might be like a, huh, well, even though we changed the rules on lending, it's still your fault. Kind of making Evergrande an example of excess and showing the people how the greedy property developers will fall. However, in doing so, they may also crash the Chinese property market, especially with Evergrande debt selling for 30 cents on the dollar. But keep in mind, Evergrande has already sold about 1.4 million homes to homeowners. But those haven't been delivered yet. So you've got some big problems for individuals in China. And see, this is exacerbated by the fact that 20 to 25% of the Chinese economy is real estate. 
which is very, very dangerous. So how bad can it really get and what does it mean for us? Well, folks, the real risk here is not an Evergrande failure. It is a bank failure. Now, I believe that Evergrande is pretty much doomed. I think its projects will get bailed out by local municipalities and local developers who somehow get crazy deals with local municipalities. I believe eventually the people who have wanted to buy homes or, or who have signed up to buy homes, these Evergrande properties, will eventually get some form of either compensation or a home. I do believe that investors in Evergrande are basically screwed. Sorry, that's just my, my belief. Uh, I would not be an investor in Evergrande right now. No YOLO call options for me, okay? Uh, on top of that, a bank failure would be the absolute worst case scenario. Look at this. Minsheng Bank in China has a $647 billion bankroll. They have $647 billion under assets. Okay, keep that in mind for a moment. One bank with large exposure to Evergrande, $647 billion under assets. There are many of these banks, but just mention $647 billion under assets. How eerie is this? Watch this. In 2008, Lehman Brothers had $680 billion under management. That's pretty close, except remember what the risk here is. If Minter Bank has $647 billion under assets, but those assets are all of a sudden worth a lot less because a lot of them were invested in Evergrande, dead or whatever, then the value goes way down. And if they break the buck, you get a bank run really bad. But where is there an example of this? Huh. Again, Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers in 2008 had $680 billion under management, supported by just $22.5 billion of actual capital. <laughs> That's not even 10%. That's not even... 5%. And so as a result of this fear and contagion, it's no surprise that shorts on 3333.hk, which is the Hong Kong listing for Evergrande, are going through the roof. But we can only tell this in the cost of borrow because we don't get short interest data or fail to deliver data on Evergrande. It probably exists, but at least from my resources, I can't find it. Now, tying this all together, what are the odds what could happen? Well, obviously time will tell, but here's what we've really got to do. Do not turn a blind eye to the Evergrande crisis. It could get worse before, it's get, before it gets better. And in my opinion, these symptoms are number one, the stock price obviously of 3333 and insider sales like what we saw. So just type into Google 3333.hk. Okay, watch that. Number two, Obviously debt payments, but I think the news will be reflected in the stock price. But more importantly, look at crypto prices. I think crypto prices are going to be a very good barometer of the Evergrande crisis. Then start keeping an eye, folks, on the Chinese-related stocks. Alibaba, NEO, JD.com. Are they showing large signs of heavy distress and sudden selling? Once we start seeing signs in those three things, the main stock going down, crypto going down, and those Chinese stocks going down, before the news even comes around, you know something's hitting the fan, and that is when things could get dirty for the rest of the market. First our stock market, our bond market, then our real estate market. So, I hope it doesn't happen, but I just want you to be aware of what I'm watching for. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. We'll see you in the next one.